Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So last week, I had recorded Games with Bill. I had edited the whole thing and posted it to go live on uh, Wednesday. And then on Tuesday, Microsoft decided, I'm going to drop this huge news, which is why I didn't talk about it on last week's episode. But you guys don't come here for the late breaking news. I mean, it's most of the time when people come and they watch something on my channel, it's not because they're learning something new. It's because they're looking for discussion and analysis on stuff that they already know about. So I contemplated whether or not I wanted to do a bonus episode last week, mostly for the search algorithm, because I knew a lot of people would be searching for Microsoft, Blizzard, Activision, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I decided I'm not interested in chasing people uh, doing search results stuff. And instead, I'm just going to do what I always do, which is talk about my opinion on the gaming news. Now, obviously, today's episode mostly going to be about the Microsoft acquisition. But there's a couple other things that I want to make sure that I hit. So I'm going to do those first. Otherwise, I'll start talking about Microsoft and never stop. If that sounds good, let's get started. Hitman 3 is one of the games that I probably enjoyed more than most other games that I played last year. Uh, It's my first experience playing that franchise, and it's incredibly well put together. Lots of replay value, and about to get even more replay value with the season, or I think they call it year two updates that are coming. I think I talked about it before on the show about those year two updates that are coming. If not, they're adding like roguelite elements to it, which very appealing to me uh, in particular. Uh, But the reason I'm talking about Hitman today is because on Steam, even though the game is widely accepted as very, very good, it's getting kind of crappy reviews. And somebody might say, well, is the Steam version a bad version? No. In fact, the Steam version is exactly the same version that is on the Epic Games Store as well as anywhere else. The only difference is that the people who are who didn't buy it when it first came out are expecting it to be cheaper. And that always kind of drives me crazy because when you review a game, the game should be reviewed on the merits, not your interpretation of how much a game should cost. It should just be, is this game fun? Or is it not fun? And if you find the game to be fun, then you should say, hey, that was a fun game. I like it. I'm going to give it a good review. And if you don't like it because it wasn't a fun game, then give it a bad review. And honestly, in my opinion, and people can feel free to let me know in the comments down below or hit me up on Twitter, if you disagree with me, I don't think price should have any impact on a review of a game. And I especially don't think that we are entitled to getting games cheaper just because the game has been out longer. Yes, quite often publishers will choose to do that because they know that it will spur on more sales. But if the 
game is X price and you buy it at that price and then you turn around and say it's a bad game because it's too expensive, then you shouldn't have bought it to begin with. It was pretty obvious what it was going to be and how much it costs. So honestly, these are people who are review bombing and punishing the publisher and the developer for choices that the player made. And I always feel like that's kind of lame. Anyway, I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think that Hitman should be less than full game price after a year? Or do you think it's okay for publishers to make that decision on their own and the reviews should be based on the game, not how much it costs? Last year, when Nintendo announced the Nintendo Switch Online N64 and Sega Expansion Pack, a lot of people were very excited, and I was one of those people. And then they announced the price, and a lot of people were no longer very excited, and I was one of those people. Now, this might sound very analogous. Analogous? Analogous is what I meant to say. Very analogous to what I was just talking about with Hitman. But it's not. I think it's perfectly fine for Nintendo to charge whatever they decide to charge for um, the N64 expansion pack. I've decided that that's too expensive, and so I'm not going to upgrade my membership to the N64 expansion pack just so that I can play those N64 games. Even though one of those games is a game that I would really, really love to be able to play on my Nintendo Switch, and that would be Majora's Mask, which is coming next month. Nintendo just announced this, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter and in our community Discord say things like, Well, now they've got me. I'm going to go ahead and do it now. And that's fine. That's totally fine. If that's what people want to do, I bear no ill will against those people. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to do it because I still think that the N64 expansion pack is way too expensive. Plus, if I really want to play Majora's Mask, I'll just play it on my 3DS. I have the 3DS version. It's a... It's a very good port. It's very fun. I know that some people will say, well, you know, from a purist's standpoint, you're better off playing the uh, Switch version because the Switch version is going to be more close in uh, more close to the uh, original feel of the game. I don't care. I, I just want to play a game and enjoy myself. And I played a bunch of Majora's Mask on my 3DS and I really did enjoy it. It's a really good game. And it got it deserves all of the accolades that it can get. But here's my question. Is the uh, appearance of um, Majora's Mask on the Nintendo 64 expansion pack enough to get you to pick up the N64 expansion pack, or are you fine passing on it? One of the games that is probably more hyped this year than any other game is probably Elden Ring. And the developers and publisher of that particular game from software, they also have another really popular game, Dark Souls 3. Um, If you don't know, Dark Souls is the series that kind of spawned the Souls-like genre, which is incredibly popular. I've I'm kind of hit or miss with the Souls-like genre. I, I really enjoyed Sekiro, um, Dark Souls 3. I got I hit the wall pretty soon, pretty early on, and, and couldn't progress. But that's not, neither here nor there. Why are we talking about it today? We're talking about it today because they're currently an exploit in Dark Souls 3 
that will allow an attacker to run script on your computer through the multiplayer of the game. And that is very, very bad. So bad that they have decided to shut down the multiplayer for Dark Souls 3. So now you can't play that way. Of course, there's going to be um, innumerable comparisons between Dark Souls 3 and um, Elden Ring. And there's going to be a lot of people who are worried that the same exploit will be in Elden Ring. And maybe it will, but I doubt it. Like the games are so many years apart. I doubt that they're reusing code uh, from Dark Souls 3 and injecting it into Elden Ring to save time. My guess is they probably built Elden Ring from the ground up and the chances of it running into the same uh, problems that Dark Souls 3 is are, are, are is pretty slim to none. Hey everyone, Bill from the future here. I'm in the middle of editing this episode and for those of you that don't know, I also host another show called On Deck, which is a podcast all about the Steam Deck. Uh, the issue is that our most recent episode came out about three hours ago. I'm recording this segment of the show at 7 o'clock p.m. U.S. Eastern on Monday. And, of course, this is like clockwork. After we drop a new episode of On Deck, Valve decides to drop new news. Well, what is that news? That's Dynamic Cloud Sync. Before I tell you what Dynamic Cloud Sync is and why it's really cool, if you want to hear a deep dive discussion about that, make sure that you head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest if you're listening to this on your favorite podcatcher and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can check that out. If you're already watching this on the YouTube channel, then go ahead and turn on the bell so you get notified when the next episode drops. All right, obviously, On Deck episode 13, I think, is the next one. We will talk about this at length. But I figured I would take a quick break from editing and give you my initial thoughts on this, having just found out about this information moments ago. So what is Dynamic Cloud Sync? Well, one of the great things about portable gaming, especially like with the Nintendo Switch, is when you're playing a game, you can just put the Switch to sleep, pick it up, turn it back on and pick up exactly where you left off. And you can do that with the Steam Deck, which is awesome. The issue is is that sometimes you'll be playing a game on the Steam Deck and you might also be playing that game on your computer. Like, for instance, I have a pretty decent PC here that I usually use to create content, but I'm also going to have a Steam Deck. And my PC is going to be able to do things that my Steam Deck can't. It'll run games better. So when I'm not sitting on the couch or when I'm not elsewhere, I want to play the games on my nice computer. And the the issue arises when I sleep the game on the Steam Deck and then start the game on the computer, I have to manage my saves. Whereas generally what the Steam Deck up until now, uh, up until the, the the latest update, what you were what you were going to have to do is close your game down so that then uh, Steam could upload your save to the servers. Now you don't have to close your game down, which is really fantastic. So if I'm in the middle of playing a game, I just hit that sleep button, the, the system goes to sleep, but before it does, it grabs a save state of my game and uploads it to the server. If I then sit down at my fancy computer... I turn on my computer, I launch that game, it's automatically going to grab that save file, download it, and I can pick up exactly where I left off. Now, I have a question about this, and that is, 
let's say that I do that. I sleep my Steam Deck. I play a little on my computer. When I wake my Steam Deck again, does it automatically figure out, hey, he's played the game since the last time that he slept the Steam Deck. Let me go ahead and update the save and get you back to where you were last time you played on your computer. I don't know that. Uh, But I'm sure that we'll find out soon enough. The last thing that I want to mention before we go any further or before we get back to the main show is the fact that this is not an automatic thing. So a lot of games are not going to support this. Why aren't they going to support it? Because there's a special API that Valve has made that you have to use called a dynamic cloud sync API. And if the developers, like let's say a developer that has a really old game, if they don't update their game to support that API, then it's just not going to work. So it's on you, the the end user, to know whether or not your game supports that. And that's kind of irritating. I wish it was an all-or-nothing thing, but obviously Valve can't do it as an all-or-nothing thing just because the way that so many different games work with game saves. Anyway, like I said before, for a full discussion on this, make sure you tune in to On Deck episode 13 uh, when we're going to talk about this extensively. Let's get back to Games with Bill. Let's go. Let's talk about what has to be the biggest video game news from last week, actually probably for a really long time, and that is that Microsoft is purchasing Activision Blizzard for close to $70 billion. That is about half of Microsoft's cash on hand. That is absolutely crazy. I mean, you you go back to when Microsoft bought ZeniMax, for less than $10 billion. That was a big deal. This is a really big deal. And I've been trying to come up with how I can think about it, the impact that this will have on myself, on Activision Blizzard, and on the gaming industry as a whole. And I feel like I could break it, in, break it down like this. As somebody who likes the games that Activision, well that Blizzard makes and some of the Activision games as somebody who likes those games and that subscribes to game pass. I feel like for me, this is really cool for anybody that subscribes to game pass. They probably look at this as here's a bunch more games that I probably would have paid money for that Now I'm not going to have to pay money for. And I think that that is perfectly a reasonable thing to say. At the same time, it's also worrying to anybody who doesn't subscribe to Game Pass or decided to get a PlayStation 5 instead of an Xbox and don't have a PC to play these games on. A lot of them probably look at this and they say, well, now I'm worried that Microsoft is going to pull the rug out from under uh, under us. We'll no longer be able to play these games that we've been able to play the franchises all along. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, is Call of Duty now going to be a, an Xbox exclusive? I don't think so. Um, for, the, for, the, for the beginning of my argument, I think I'd say that Microsoft has shown in the past many times that they, uh, they understand that they can make money even when exclusivity isn't a factor. So when they publish a game like... Minecraft and they put it on other platforms, it's because they know 
that they're going to make more money by doing that than they will by making it exclusive and ticking off a whole big chunk of the gaming market. They also know that if they go down the exclusive route with these big companies that have these other these huge franchises, not only do they risk um, alienating the people who don't have an Xbox, but they also risk getting the ire of the government, the U.S. government, the European Union, like all of those governments might look at what Microsoft is doing and saying, ah, that's monopolistic. You can't do that. Hit him with a bunch of fines. So I think that Microsoft is going to honor their contractual obligations of the, of Activision Blizzard that already had things in place ahead of time. And they're going to continue to put their games out on other platforms so somebody might say, well, then why is Microsoft spending $70 billion on this company if they aren't going to be able to take that intellectual property and use it as a way to force people onto the Xbox when the answer is Game Pass? You know, Microsoft announced the other day that they have over 25 million subscribers to Game Pass. And we all, like I said at the beginning of this, Game Pass like if you're a subscriber to Game Pass, this is really good news because that means you're going to be able to get all these games as part of your subscription. Even if I can buy the game piecemeal on another platform, if I subscribe to Game Pass, I'm less likely to do that. And that means that Microsoft can say, hey, look, we're the good guys here. We're putting our games on other platforms, but you can just pay your subscription and play it on our platforms. And that's going to work for us. And that'll keep the government off their back. It will keep people from being mad at them. And it'll make them a whole bunch of money. And it might actually have a side effect of helping sell more Xboxes because Game Pass just gets more and more attractive. I mean, I think I read someplace that Microsoft would prefer to just ignore the box and have Game Pass everywhere. Have it on every device. Have it on a PlayStation, have it on a Switch, have it on a TV. It doesn't matter. They just want people to have that subscription because if they have that subscription, that's a constant flow of income that's always happening. So I don't think we have to worry about exclusivity as something that Microsoft is going to do. Okay, so let's talk about this in the long term, though. Is this good for the industry? I don't think that a small number of companies going around buying up a bunch of other companies is ever a good thing. I, I'm, good, I'm willing to benefit from it, but I don't think that it's a good thing. And I, I immediately after seeing this news, I saw a whole bunch of people like Sony should buy Square Enix and who is Microsoft going to buy next? And, uh, you know, they're they're immediately trying to take all of the the different publishers in consolidate them into, you know, this one goes to Nintendo, this one goes to Sony, this one goes to Xbox. And I think that that would be bad. And I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope this that this doesn't set a precedent. But it might. Another thing that I think would be good is, uh, from this acquisition, is what happens at Activision Blizzard. I haven't purchased anything from Activision Blizzard since all the news came out about the horrible things that were happening to the employees 
at Activision Blizzard. And the higher-ups at Activision Blizzard allegedly knew about all of these horrible things and did absolutely nothing. So I, I voted with my wallet and I said, I'm kind of done with them until they fix their nonsense. And if you're not somebody who's done with them until they fix their nonsense, I'm not blaming you. I'm not wagging my finger at you in any way because by me not buying those games, that means the developers are probably not making as much money as they would otherwise. And I'm talking about the individual developers that are making the games like my not buying their game is probably hurting them just as much as, as it is their bosses. And so if you decided to buy the games from Blizzard, that's perfectly fine. You were supporting the people. Yes, the bosses were making money, but so were the people who have jobs. Like, if everybody ignored them, then they would be out of a job, and that would be bad for them. And I don't want it to be bad for them. But I do want the culture at Blizzard to change. And I think that Microsoft can help do that. Now, it's not fair to Activision to say that the only change is going to happen is if Microsoft buys them. I think we even recently saw a story from... Uh, a bigwig over at uh, Blizzard who said, essentially, we're doing some changes. We're going to have a, like culture officers. We're doing all of these things. And, and this news came out shortly after or almost at the same time as the Microsoft news. So it kind of got suppressed and people didn't talk about it as much, which is probably why I can't remember the details. I think it was Mike Yerba uh, who said this stuff. Uh, but essentially... There's going to be, everybody is going to say, ah, see, Microsoft did that. That's not true because Microsoft's deal with Activision isn't going to go through for like a year. And sure, after the deal's over, Bobby Kotick is out of there. And I'm sure that Microsoft will go in there and get rid of anybody else who is a bad actor there. But Activision is making an effort right now. And so I feel like the, you know, the statements from Mike Yerba, uh, and I probably said his name wrong. And if I did, I'm sorry. And the fact that in the future, Microsoft is going to be in charge and not Bobby Kotick. I'm going to feel a little bit better about maybe picking up Diablo 2, whereas otherwise I wouldn't have. So in the long term, in the short term, in the, in the medium term, like how is this going to shake out? Well, first off, there is no short term for this. Uh, it's going to be a while before we see the effects because it's going to be at least a year. Diablo 4... Will that come to Game Pass? I'm sure that it will. But will it come to Game Pass before the deal closes? I don't know. Will we see a console version of World of Warcraft? I'm not sure. I hope so. I think that that would be fantastic. But Microsoft doesn't mandate that all of their games are console versions. We have Age of Empires, which you can only play on PC. Um, I would like to see a console version of World of Warcraft. Um like all of these kind of questions will overwatch two ever happen. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, mo- notice that I spend most of my time focusing on the blizzard stuff and less on the Activision stuff, because I'm not a huge fan of the Activision games. Um, but call of duty, you know, that's going to come to, to game pass. The blizzard games are going to come to game pass. Maybe guitar hero will get reinvented uh, on on uh, Microsoft's uh, dime instead of languishing in the dirt, not having any new stuff come out. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but this is one of the most interesting and weird stories that I have ever covered when covering the gaming industry. So, so there's that.
I did ask all of you what you thought about the the news. Um, over a thousand people voted in this poll, which uh, was awesome. I love it when you guys do that. I posted it on my YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this, head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest to check it out. Um, but 45% of you said it's great. 26% of you said it's bad. And 29% of you said no opinion. There was a whole bunch of comments there. So make sure that you read through those comments and see what people uh, think. And speaking of comments, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think of the uh, merge, uh, not merger, of the acquisition, uh, because it's just absolutely crazy. And I have to be honest, I recorded this segment of the show like a billion times because I just couldn't keep my brain to stay between the, to stay on the road. I kept meandering off into the distance because there's so many ways that this can affect the gaming industry. Anyway, it's an exciting story. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for watching. If you are on the YouTube channel, then there's another video for you to watch right over there. And if you're listening to the podcast, head on over to youtube.com slash nerdnest. See you guys around. Bye-bye.